Hello and welcome back to episode 6 of the Box Score Sports Podcast brought to you by On The Dune Sports. I am your host Alex Phillips with my co-host here Bradley Becky. Today we're going to be talking about the NFL Week 4 and Week 5, some weekly awards, college football, the MLB playoffs. I know we're talking about other sports, isn't that surprising? And then we're going to talk about some NBA and cap it all off with the State of Detroit Sports Address. So sit back, relax, and let's get it on. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to episode six of the Box Score Sports Podcast. We're going to start it off the same way we did last week with our own improvised version of week four recap. Let's do it. The hungry eagles fly over to Green Bay and gobble up the cheese heads. Philly wins 34-27. The Redskins arrows weren't sharp enough to take down the G-men. New York wins 24-3. The tribe of Kansas City heads to the Motor City and to tame the Lions in a close one. Chiefs take it 34-30. The Titans stab their blade in the heart of the bird and knock the Falcons out of the sky. Tennessee takes the W, 24-10. The Ravens get shot down by the Browns. Cleveland recovers and wins 40-25. Oakland raids Indians, sends the Stallions running. Raiders win 31-24. The Pats put the D in dominate yet again in Buffalo. New England takes it 16-10. The Panthers take the Bulls for a ride. Carolina defeats Houston 16-10. L.A. takes the storm to Miami as the Chargers defeat the Dolphins 30-10. Jamison Company eats a W with a side of crab legs. Bucks win in L.A. 55-40. In the Battle of the Birds, the bigger bird comes out victorious. Seattle wins 27-10. Trubisky gets chased out by Daniels and the Bears maul the Vikings 16-6. Minshew magic was in full effect in the Mile High City. Jacksonville beats Denver 26-24. And the Saints and the Lutz kick the boys in their nuts. New Orleans wins it 12-10. That is all for the Week 4 Recap. Nice job, nice job. Yeah, I mean, we had a pretty good set of games this weekend. The most exciting has happened right here in Detroit. What do you got to say about that, man, before we hop into our weekly awards? Um, I got my goods. I got my bads. Um, good. We held Patrick Mahomes to zero touchdowns. First time ever. Um, he has never played a game in his career without throwing for at least one touchdown yeah. or even rushing either one. So that was good. You know, I'm not too concerned about the yardage. They did a very good job of keep, keeping him in the pocket. You know, yeah. I think he only had three rushes. Right. Um, yeah. They did so, hurt when he did get them, but it yeah. definitely, definitely contained them as much as they could with an injured secondary, especially. Yeah, and it was good to see that they lived up to the hopes of just overall eliminating the big plays. Right. Um, there was only a couple that I know of, like the miraculous Travis Kelsey pitch to Shady and, the, you know, whatever the hell that was, but... Overall, I'm pretty happy with the way we played. Um, there was a lot of mistakes made. I think we need to work on, you know, yeah, handling the, the ball a little better. The way I felt about that, though, the mistakes we did make were coachable mistakes. I feel like those could actually get coached out. So yeah, I'm not without a doubt. overly concerned with them. But overall, I think they had a great game. I mean, 
I think they kind of legitimize themselves in the league for the most part to most people. Um, I mean, the secondary, if you ask me, after this week is probably a top three secondary in the league where they have three, four forced fumbles. Yeah, uh, five in the game. Five, really? Four okay. recovered, yeah. Yeah, so five. And they lost digs okay. in the first half. Yeah, so, I mean, you're looking at guys that weren't projected to start this year. Right. Um, Melvin is stepping up big time. He's doing a great job. Coleman had an outstanding game. Too. Yeah, I mean, the defense in general looked good. You, you can't, like, judge them just because it was against the number one offense in the league. So you can't, like, say, oh, well, he still got almost 400 yards or 300 yards, whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, Stafford threw more touchdowns, and we were really close to winning that game. Like you said, there was a couple of mistakes, but take out those two fumbles or give that Galladay that touchdown – we would have won that game flat Easily. out. Yeah. So I, I just mean, think happy. we should have, and I think Bevel should have played around a little more, tried to take advantage of his red zone yeah. opportunities. A yeah. few times we kicked, if you ask me, kicked too many field goals. Yeah. yeah. We easily could have won that game. I think there was just opportunities missed here and there, but overall, the Lions played pretty good football. Yeah. I can't, it didn't feel like it was a loss. So obviously, a loss is a loss and it sucks, but it didn't feel like a horrible loss. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people going into the game thought they were 31 to 10 or 40 to something. Like if you ask me, we put up a better fight than the Ravens did last week. And I think they've put up the best fight against, I think this loss, and it sounds weird because it's a loss, but I think this loss validates their last two wins. If that sounds right. Like you kind of forget Arizona ever happened. And really, if you really look at take away a few mistakes and giving up a lead, this team would be four and right now. And it, I mean, yeah, I mean, in the last 24 to 36 hours, give or take, um, the Lions have been one of the most talked about teams because right. everybody's like, is it now time to take Detroit serious? You know, you go into, or excuse me, they come into Detroit, and I remember James Jones uh, made a comment on NFL Network, I believe, yeah. saying that Detroit isn't a hard place to play in, and all the hype about how loud it is is not true, that it's going to be extremely quiet, I think that's bullshit. and the vibe is dead. Well, it's funny because they had to call three timeouts throughout the game because they couldn't hear the play calls. And I actually tweeted, I added James Jones and did the little SpongeBob meme where you mock someone and said, yeah. either, I think I said either Detroit isn't loud enough or Ford Field isn't loud enough. Yeah. It's like, dude, you sound stupid. Right. I mean, if you it's, really look at it, this is probably the biggest game in Detroit since, what was it, 2011 against Chicago on Monday Night Football. In that game, he had four false starts, Cutler did, because the crowd was too loud. Detroit came out, and that's what they needed to do as far as fans go. Again, it wasn't the outcome we wanted, but I, I think it for sure legitimized them for everybody to kind of look at. Now what they need to do is take this bye week, get healthy, get Slay back, get these guys back. Get, hopefully Hawkinson's injury is not that bad. And then they come back and beat Green Bay and Green Bay, and then everybody can shut the hell up for a second and be like, okay, now we can talk seriously about the Lions. Yeah, I know uh, you were mentioning Hawkinson. I just read a few things today saying that they're officially not placing him on the IR, so it's not serious, which is great news. Obviously, yeah. he's, hasn't, he's, he, he's having a pretty damn good rookie season, um, yeah. at least a lot better than everyone projected. Yeah, definitely. That's something. There's a name that gets brought up every game, you know, during a, the stoppage of a play, and they're like, you know, this rookie Hawkinson here is really something special yeah, for Detroit. Yeah, and he made a few good plays there, catching plays this time, and he made a little bit more offensive impact instead of just blocking, which was nice to see. Yeah. Um, the only thing with that is, like, man, you got it. That was a rookie mistake, trying to hurdle over two defenders yeah. that are standing up upright. Like, that's 
hopefully he can get coached out of that and he realizes that was a dumb mistake. Maybe he looked at Logan Thomas's hurdle earlier and was like, hey, maybe I can do that too. But he failed that one as well. So I don't know why he thought that was a good idea. And Vernon Vernon Davis the week before. Yeah. He I tried mean, something as well. Dumb mistake. Dumb, but at the end of the day, uh, overall, I think the Lions, like I said, they need to validate themselves. They have a couple more tough games coming up and then we can look look more into the easier side of the schedule. But, I mean... We can talk about that later on, yeah. but uh, I mean, definitely. Yeah, I mean, if you ask me, based on what I've seen in the first four weeks, by the way, you did call the record, so I will give you creds there. Yeah, you yeah, called the record. Yeah. Um, I really think we only have maybe five for sure losses. I it, don't see more than the that. The only reason I don't want to say that is because, like, you see what Tampa did this week, and that was yeah. a for sure W for me, and now I see what they just did in LA. Mm-hmm. Like, that's scary. Oakland, same thing, man. They go into Indy, get 31 points. Like, if we get them on a bad day, I'm nervous. But at the same time, like, I, I agree with you. I think Detroit has a good, pretty good shot. The only team I like, there are a few on there that are like guaranteed W's, but mm-hmm. we'll see. I mean, the Giants seem a little bit more legitimate. The, the Bucks seem a little bit more legitimate. Oakland at times seems legitimate, but. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm make a, it a time. That's another thing is there's been little spottages here and there. Um, I'm a little less worried about Denver now. Yeah. I heard about earlier today, Bradley Chubb tore his ACL and he's officially out for the season. Yeah. So yep, they came out today. obviously you don't wish for that, but it's going to obviously help Lions on their side of it. And Devontae Adams, he just got good rolled pass out for rusher. this week. Yep. So, I mean, you're looking at little things here and there that are, be, you know, allowing Lions fans to, be optimistic and it not be looked yeah. at as yeah. you know, I just, a bold statement. The one thing I do like is that the last few weeks, I mean, last week I obviously went on that rant about the Lions fans and how they were so negative and stuff. And their biggest thing was, well, we keep going against these injured teams. Well, this week we were the more injured team, if you ask me, besides maybe they're, I think they're missing Jeff Fisher um, and uh, uh, obviously Tyreek Hill. Yeah. And then there was one other guy they were missing, but not a big guy in there. I mean, they had most of their roster. We were missing arguably the best player on our defense. We lost our best. Um, we met, it was Diggs is a safety, right? Yes. Yeah, we lost our safety. Like we were hurt, and we still are missing hand. We're still missing Daniels. Like our defense was injured, and they were still able to do that to Mahomes. Yeah, there was a lot of running involved, but we also had a lot of running. Damn near two hundred yards. So I mean, overall, you can't be overly upset, but you can't be overly excited for the team. So I think, like I said, validate it in a couple of weeks here, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't too worried about the run game with, you know, if I'm correct, going into this weekend, Kansas City had the 30th ranked run defense. Yeah, so I expected it. And, you know, I'm glad they took advantage of that as much as they could. They needed to. It was um, good for the team. Obviously, I hoped for a little more there, but still got what needed to get done on right. that side of the field. So if you ask me, the only side of the ball that needs to be worked on is offense. Yeah. Um, there's still a few mistakes. I think Stafford got sacked for the first time in the last three weeks. Uh, this last weekend so yeah i mean we'll see they got a lot of work on they got a bye week obviously it gives them a chance to get healthy like you mentioned which is very important right now as i mean you see how good the team is and we've got some crucial injuries a lot of starters right. definitely. definitely so and then can only bef- look forward. before we move on from these guys i just want to one more note to the fans because i've noticed that this week uh everybody's blaming the refs and i don't want that to happen for detroit because i feel like you blaming the ref completely completely gets rid of that validation of Detroit being a good team. And we just sound like a bunch of whiny bitches. If we're going to say the ref screwed us, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like 
You, you as a good team should not put yourself in the position to let Lions the refs fans are very quick to blame refs just because of our past. You know, yeah, you go back and look at what happened in the playoff game against Dallas, and you look right. at the the catching rule with Calvin, and just all the all the little things that have happened as Detroit has progressed the last decade or so. I'd say, right? Um, and and yes, the, you know, it could have been a questionable play here, give or take. Um, I remember the announcers on the game were saying that like it was too close to call to overturn it. But honestly, if we would have capitalized on right. other field goal situations and turned them into touchdowns, we wouldn't have had to worry about the penalty. Right. So that's true. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. And the fumbles at the goal line. I mean, we yep. had two fumbles within five yards of the goal. So all right. I just, I did, I feel like it just completely validates the, the whole franchise sort of but anyways let's move on to the weekly awards uh so we got offensive defensive mvp sleeper player and then once we talk about the top we'll go a little dumpster diving so who do you got for your offensive player of the week brad yeah i'm gonna go with the one of the pretty obvious ones here and that's uh nick chubb in cleveland he had 20 carries 165 rushing yards three tds and averaged 8.3 yards a carry um didn't have much receiving yards. I think he only had like a few receptions for a couple yards. But I think he really stuck out this week. Um, you know, you're looking at a team that a lot of people questioned a few weeks into the season. You know, they're on paper, if you ask me, the best team in the league with their weapons. You know, they're stacked everywhere they needs to be. You know, you got a pretty decent O-line. You got a pretty established run game. Right. And you got Nick Chubb, and then you still have Kareem Hunt, who will be coming back eventually. Yeah. On top of Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry at receiver, you know, David Njoku, he's hurt, but he'll be back. And then you go to the defense, right. basically the same thing. Same thing. So it was a win I they think, needed to get for sure. Yeah, they produced this week the way that people expected them to off the start. So, right. But yeah, he's definitely my OPOW. Definitely a good game. My offensive player of the week is another running back, Leonard Fournette, finally eclipsing the 200 yard mark for the first time this year. 225 yards on 20 attempts, a little over 11 yards a carry. He had a hell of a game, but that's, I mean, he didn't get any touchdowns, no scoring drives, but, you know, it was just, it was nice to see that Fournette could actually have a big game for the first time this year. Who do you got for defensive player of the week? Defensive player, um, head over to LA. I got Eric Weddle. Um, they, yes, they did lose against Tampa Bay uh, pretty bad, but he had 15 total tackles and two pass deflections. So it goes to show that he was a factor in a lot of plays, obviously, with the game being so high scoring that defense was, you know, something that people weren't really looking at. But, you know, the way I look at it, that's 15 tackles is not, you know, total tackles, not 15. He had 12 and three assists, I think. Yeah. Um. So, Steph's still not easy. But, you know, I, for me, that's my guy. Right. So, my defensive player of the week, I got uh, Jermaine Whitehead from Cleveland. He had seven tackles. He almost completed the defensive trifecta. He had a forced fumble and interception. The only thing he was missing was a sack. And then outside of him, I actually have a defensive unit that I thought was a, a defensive unit of the week, I guess you could say, is the New Orleans defense, shutting down Dallas's number three ranked offense at home with an injured quarterback and just see it, holding them guys down to 10 and giving Ezekiel Elliott a second career game with less than 50 yards rushing is pretty incredible. So uh, I've just, I just got to give props to them. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I'm. I know for a fact that I picked Dallas to win that game, and I know a lot of people did as well. Yeah, looking at their first few weeks of production going so well, so right. Teddy touchdowns two and zero since becoming a starter. Yeah, definitely wasn't expected, but it was. Yeah. It's good to watch. Fourth game in N- or, uh, not NFL history, Saints history that they won without scoring a single touchdown. Hmm. Yeah, 
Uh, who's your MVP for this week? MVP, I'm pretty sure we got the same guy here. Um, goes pretty much without saying, I'd say, is Jameis Winston. I have two for this one, actually, but yeah. It's a name I never thought I'd be putting in this category, um, especially with the start to the season, first game, three picks. But since then, he's only had two and three games. Right. Yeah, um, he, he looked like the good Jameis Winston. Yeah, so well, his stats real quick. He went 28 for 41 on 68.3% uh, completion percentage, uh, 385 yards and four touchdowns. And it's actually... The second week in a row, he threw for 380 or more yards. Yeah. Yeah, he had a hell of a game, man. A crazy game. Uh, I The same thing as you. I have him as my MVP of the week, but I also have Matt Stafford. I mean, to go in and outduel the the arguably the best quarterback in the league right now, I'm Pat Mahomes, and throw 291 yards and three touchdowns, no picks. He did have that one fumble, but outside of that, he had a pretty damn good game. So, uh, Jameis and Stafford were my... Uh, my MVPs this week. Who were your sleeper player? Who was your sleeper player this week? Uh, my sleeper player, you know, he didn't have a ridiculous standout game, but it was it was interesting to watch, um, especially guy backing up for, you know, Saquon Barkley, such a big name in football, as uh, Wayne Gallman. Um, yeah. He had 18 carries for 63 yards and a touchdown and six receptions for 55 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, it definitely uh, would have been a good guy for uh, someone to pick up in fantasy this week yeah, to replace Yeah, provided Berkeley. for 14 of their 24, so over half of their points were on his back. And it is just it's good to watch a guy come in, you know, under one of the most elite backs in the league right now and produce as much as he did. So he's definitely my sleeper. Yeah, definitely. That was a good pick. Uh, my sleeper of the player of the week this week was A.J. Brown from Tennessee. I know he, you said before the show you don't think he's much of a sleeper player, but uh, as a rookie, I mean, coming out, having 31 yards of reception, 94 reception yards on three on only three receptions and getting two touchdowns, pretty good for a, for a rookie. Um, and my other, I have another one for this one. It was a unit, but I have Detroit secondary because I think a lot of people look past him this week. And yeah, they put they let him get a bunch of yards, but again, held Patrick Mahomes to zero touchdowns for the first time in his career. So you can't can't snuff on that. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, I mean that's all I got for them. So now that we talked about the top, let's let's go dumpster diving for a second. Who you got for dumpster dive of the week? Dumpster diving. I'm gonna go Dallas offense. Dallas um, offense. You know, like you mentioned earlier, they were ranked the number three offense based on production and scoring right. in the league. Right. Um, and, you know, you look at all of the weapon, you know, all the power, you know, what you, you could call power teams, super teams, you know. That was a team a lot of people, once they started to see them produce, you know, two and three weeks in a row, they were like, there's no slowing these guys down. You know, Dak yeah. showed, looked so well. You know, and then he goes and just has a, a fallout game and overall just looked bad, especially with the O-line you have. Right. Um, I understand there was an injury in the game. Uh, Tyron Smith got a high ankle sprain. But if you ask me, there's really no excuse to put up only 10 points as the number three ranked offense in the league. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I mean, I agree with you on that completely. Uh, my dumpster dive of the week, it wasn't a unit this time. It was a player. Uh, I have Jared Goff, man. Could, to be at home against Tampa Bay, you were – favorites in the game to throw three interceptions and have that many turnovers. I believe he had a fumble too, but I could be mis- mistaken on that. Uh, he, he just did. didn't look good. Yeah. So he, Dom he Kung Su recovered it. Right. For a so he, touchdown. I mean, they put up a lot of points, but it wasn't because of him necessarily. He only had two passing touchdowns, no rushing touchdowns, none of that. So it just didn't look good this week. He's my dumpster. In guy. a sense. Yeah. I can see where you're coming from, but yeah. Um, I still see his production numbers not bad. He still had 45 completions on 68 passes yeah. and still put almost he put over 500, 500 yards. I think he was at 485. No, he was over. He went over 500. Are you sure? Yep. Mm. I looked at it earlier. 
I got you. Um, oh, yeah, 517 yards. Yeah, yep. so, I mean, but I definitely see it. You know, you're looking at a game that 90% of the world was for sure on. Yeah, I mean, this is what I look at. So, last year when I saw him, he kept up and won against KC. Right. Like, he had a big game like that. This week, he was going against probably a little bit more of a, well, I guess I can't say their defense is worse because Tampa, I think their defense would be better than KC's last year. But to not capitalize and to have that many turnovers, four turnovers in one game is, I mean, that's really hurting your team, and that's just him. So assuming someone else had slippery hands that day, it's just a bad look overall for the Rams. And really, I could just say the Rams in general to lose that game when you're at home and you're NFC favorites this year or last year and you just came off a Super Bowl to come in 3-0 and against a 1-2 and team. It just overall didn't look good for me. So that's my dumpster dive, man. For sure, for sure. Yeah, so uh, I thought we could change it up a little bit. We're we're through the first quarter of the season, so uh, I got a new segment here. Uh, we're we're, we're going to go shopping a little bit. So okay. I'm going to talk about some teams going on in the league. I'm just going to ask you real quick: Are you buying them or are you putting them back on the shelf? There's some there's some teams top you know top heavy that have pretty good records, and then there's other teams that were projected high but aren't looking too hot. So let's start with the one that I feel like you're probably going to buy here. Uh, you got the Patriots four and zero right now through first four games. Are you buying or shelving this team? Um, that's a little tough, but I'm gonna, I'm going to say buy, but I'm not. You know, I'm a little hesitant on that because yeah. the way I look at it is this. You know, you look at every year that they succeeded, they kind of didn't start taking off until October, November. You know, it's something right. that New England's always done. And for them to start a season taking off immediately yeah. just seems a little off to me. Um, seems off. And, to you know, yes, Buffalo has an outstanding defense this year. I'm not going to snub them short, but they only put up 16 points against them. Right. And for what I know, I don't think Brady even threw a touchdown. Uh, he did throw one touchdown. He threw one so, and he yeah. had a yeah, okay. So well, he didn't uh, throw for too yeah, many he yards. He might not have. I think it might have been a hand or like a run. Yeah. It so, I mean, I don't know. No, you know like, what? You're right. Yeah, You're right. He, he, he didn't. 150 yards, no a, touchdowns, yeah. and a pick. Yeah. So, so this in the last three visits with Buffalo, he's thrown zero touchdown or one touchdown and three interceptions against Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, if you ask me when they play Buffalo later on in the season, Buffalo is going to win that game. You think so? And Foxborough? I think so. Um, but I'm going to buy them just because they're still the Patriots. They still have a very powerful offense, and their defense is, you know, regardless of the, you know, barely winning the game, if you ask me, their defense has not stopped producing since week one. So yeah. I'll buy them. All right, so let's let's stay in the AFC for a second. Another unbeaten team, the one that just beat us this past weekend. Uh, we got the Kansas City Chiefs. Are you buying or shelving these guys? I'm buying it. Um not only just because I, you know, I really appreciate, I like Patty Mahomes a lot. And yes, they did, you know, it was a very, very close game this week, but they still put up 34 points even without Mahomes throwing a touchdown. Right. And any team that's capable of doing that without their quarterback throwing for one TD, I think there's something you need to be worried about because, you know, there are a lot of teams you can stop one thing, but you can't stop both. You know, and you look at what we did. We stopped the passing game for the most part. Yes, he still put up 300-some-odd yards, but no touchdowns were thrown. Right. You go and look on the other side of things, three rushing touchdowns. Right. One from Shady and two from uh, Williams. Yeah. So I'll buy them for now just because, you know, if you can't stop them somewhere else, they're going to make a way around. So, yeah, I'll buy them for yeah. sure. Buy. So I actually skipped past the team. I didn't mean to. But going back to the AFC East real quick, opposite side of the opponent this week with the Bills. Are you buying or selling this team? We uh, talked about this at the beginning of the season. Are they a wild card team for the AFC? 
You know what? I remember earlier in the season I put uh, the Jets above them, and obviously injuries have not really helped me on that side of things. But I'm gonna buy Buffalo. You're gonna buy him. Um, you, you know, yes, Allen did get hurt, but I don't think he'll be out for long. I think it was it wasn't. I don't even I know if it was a concussed. Con- yeah, it isn't concussion um, protocol. So, you know, and obviously Singletary being out, he's gonna come back healthier, and right. he he proved that he can produce when he was healthy. Yeah. And obviously their defense is doing more than people expected this year, so I'll buy him. Yeah, the only thing I'm worried about with that team is Josh Allen needs to work on his consistency when he does come back because he's had quite a few turnovers here and there. And, I mean, he had three before he left the game and didn't even finish it. So, I mean, but again, I'm, I mean, I was high on the Bills coming into this season. I think next year it might be a big year for the Bills too. So definitely a team to look out for. Now, going back to the West, um, a team that everybody was high on that hasn't had the greatest of starts that the Lions actually beat is the Chargers. Are you buying or shelving this team? I'm going to shelve this team. I'm going to be the first team I shelve, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, you been, Gordon coming back? Yep. If you've been paying attention, you can see that Rivers has had some very middle-of-the-road stats. You know, he hasn't really been his typical self. I mean, if you ask me, he has the capability to be top-five quarterback in the league. If you ask me, I think he has the talent to do it, yep. and he has the weapons to do it. If you ask me, you got Keenan Allen, finally healthy, you right. know, a guy that was on and off healthy for years and years, right. producing his ass off. You know, you got Mike Williams is a pretty efficient receiver, if you ask me. And then not to mention Eckler catching 55% yeah, and you of still, the- you know, And then you got, yeah, on that side of things, you got a running back who can, you know, carry and catch both right. efficiently. And now you got Melvin Gordon coming back. Um, and they get a speedy little defense, man. Yeah, they do. I do. I don't know, man. I just I don't I don't see him doing as much as people really see him expected him to do this season. So I'm gonna show the Los I get Angeles Chargers. I feel you on that. I mean, I'm I'm kind of there with you right now. The the bottom half that that really the bottom, the middle two teams rather with the Raiders and the Chargers in that division. It is kind of tough to say. I think the Chargers have better history to prove that they could win it. But, I mean, not win it necessarily in the Super Bowl, but make it to the playoffs. But, anyway, let's go to the AFC North real quick. So, this one's tough because you got the Browns at 2-2 two and two and the Ravens at 2-2. Two and two. So, before we do buy and shelf here, which which of those two teams do you see having a better outcome at the end of the season? And that was in Baltimore. So, the next time the Browns face the Ravens will be at home, and I'm sure they want some pound. revenge after choking out their star receiver. Yeah, um, that's a tough one if you ask me because, you know, I'm going to look past the loss this last week for Baltimore. You know, they, they're they a pretty legit team. I mean, Baltimore, they got, they got weapons. You know, you look at yeah. when they lost, you know, you look at their weapons. You know, Marquise Brown didn't really produce too much. Melvin Ingram, or not Melvin Ingram. Mark, uh, Ingram. Mel, Mark Ingram didn't produce too much. Yeah. You know, Mark Andrews did all right, yeah. but he hasn't been, you know, not his usual self when it comes to still had a touchdown in over 100 yards, but he's done better in right. the last few weeks. Whereas, you know, Cleveland, they started off pretty damn bad. And yes, I sir. personally, I just don't believe in Freddie Kitchens. I think that so that I'm glad you finally mentioned him because that I think is the determining factor right there. Between those two teams, it's one of theirs to win. I don't think the Steelers are catching up and I don't think the Bengals are catching up, unfortunately. Um, 
right now the way I look at it is the edge goes to the one with the better coach. And John Harbaugh is a proven Super Bowl winning head coach, whereas Freddie Kitchens, I kind of feel like, and I wish I'd met, I, I really wish I thought of this before the season started and I was so high on the Browns, but Freddie Kitchens was really kind of thrown into this. And it, I mean, he was just becoming offensive coordinator before he got interim head coach to head coach. So I don't think he's got this team well prepared enough. And it's, I remind the Browns this year reminded me of the Rams last year where I said, you know what? They have all these big guys. They have these big egos. Can they handle it? The Rams can handle it because McVay is that type of coach. I don't believe Freddie Kitchens has that coaching authority just yet to where he can get control of these guys because it's only a matter of time. If this team starts losing more often, you're not going to be able to control Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham and all those guys and Baker and have those egos under control to keep this team together. But at the same time, there's so much talent on that team. I just don't see him losing all that often. So I guess, I mean, it is kind of a toss-up, but I would have to choose the Ravens between the two. Yeah, I'm going to buy the Ravens and just slightly touch on what you said there. Um, I like that you mentioned the the egos and the attitudes there. Yeah, You know, you look at, obviously, Odell and Baker Mayfield and Kareem Hunt. If you ask me, oh, yeah, those are the three biggest egos on that roster. Right. And they're guys that, in their minds, believe that they don't need anybody else to be better. Um, I don't know about Baker as much. I don't want to throw him into that. Yeah, I mean, he, he knows he he. I mean, he thinks he's capable of. If you ask me, more than he really is, because um, if you really look at his numbers, he hasn't done anything special. Year, yeah, he was my MVP pick <laughs> um, at all. So Odell's Odell. I'll give that to him. The dude's probably one of the arguably the most athletically talented receiver in the league. Yeah. Um, and then Kareem Hunt. Yeah, he had a decent year, but he's a POS. So um, I don't know. I mean, I agree so with you, you there. So the Browns or I'm going to shelve the Browns. I'm going to take the Ravens. I'm going to buy the Ravens. All right, I'll stick with you on that. Because I, I just trust you. in their, like you mentioned, the staffing and the team as a whole more. Right. All right, so let's let's go to the South because this is an interesting division. Two and two all the way down the board. Every single team all tied up. Between the Texans, Colts, and Jaguars and Titans. I mean, this could really go anywhere. So are you buying the AFC South as a whole? Or are you shelving them? Do you think this is actually... Are, are they a really good division or are they a mediocre division that's just beating each other up at this point, in your opinion? If you ask me, they're pretty mediocre. You know, okay. I'm not, I don't find any of those teams dangerous. You go and look at issues, you know, this week and then their first week against Kansas City, Jacksonville has had some problems controlling their temper. Yeah. Um, it seems to be that there's a lot of possible, you know, fights damn near breaking out all the time. But then that's been the theme for them all season. And I, I really don't know what the deal is. And it needs to be clearly discipline is an issue there. So right. if you ask me, they're not something to be too concerned about. I do love Gardner Minshew, though. I love the swagger yeah, he carries. I'll Gardner. give him that. Gardner's yeah, the guy. He posted that thing earlier today, right? Where yep. <laughs> Peyton Manning was lucky enough to meet his own legend or something yeah. like that. What was that? Yeah, still posted. Um, I'll pull it up while I continue what I'm saying. So, and then if you ask me, you move over to Houston. Um, even myself, I'll I'll agree. I had pretty high hopes for this team this year. Houston, me too. And um, I don't know. They're just not meeting it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but the 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 post by Barstool says meeting your legends is what everybody dreams of. Must have been a great moment for Peyton Manning, and it's Gardner Minshew and Peyton Manning <laughs> shaking hands. Yeah, that's funny. So that's funny. But um, so yeah, Houston, I don't really have any high hopes on. If you ask me, they're just overall as a team are not producing the way they should be with the weapons and, yeah. you know, the names on that team. There's really no reason. I just don't want to be too quick to forget that nine or eight game winning streak they went on last yeah. year late in the season. That's so, true. I, mean, that's I don't chance. know. Right now, they're just not. 
I guess the they're more, not promising to, enough to, for to me. To simplify the question a little bit more, do you see any of these four teams making an actual statement and being in contention for the AFC at the end of the season? Probably not. Probably not. I not, think they're I just a bunch of that. mediocre. Cause who else is in there? Tennessee and Tennessee and the Colts. Tennessee and the Colts. So but if you really you know, look at it, like going down those four teams, you got an inconsistent quarterback in Mariota. You got two backups that were meant to be starters at the beginning of the season in Brissett and Minshew. Minshew's been a G though. And then Texans, the only guy that has their starting quarterback but has the worst offensive line in the league is Deshaun Watson. So the, every team in that division, I feel like, has a lot of issues. Yeah, and I just feel like they, you know, you look at the other teams in other divisions and they don't, they're very strong on one side of the ball but are somewhat lacking on the other. Yeah. Um. And if you ask me, that doesn't get you anywhere in the league. I think everybody knows that, but like we both have been mentioning, they just have too many issues, you know, inner organization, whether it be team, anything like that. So I'm going to shelve the AFC. South, South yeah. yeah. All right, let's go to the NFC real quick. We got Cowboys and Eagles. So Cowboys, are you buying or selling this team after this poor performance this past week with the Saints on offense? I'm selling I'm shelving them. Um, just because, you know, you look at past years, Dak has not been that guy. You know, I know clearly coming out of Mississippi State, you know, you don't have too much to expect, but there was been a lot of hype around his name. And, you know, you look at the start of their uh, season, I can't really name a team that they really had to try to get the win for. Yeah. Um, obviously, you play, you know, Miami, Miami and um, I think they had like the I Giants. Forgot. I can't believe yeah, the, the Giants the to Giants. open the season. Yeah. And I want to say the Jets or something like that. Cincinnati, maybe. I know it was a pretty bad team. Oakland? Something. I don't remember. Yeah, honestly. either way. Um, they didn't have a tough three games. They just they, they weren't given a challenge, and I think this week was really their wake-up call. You, yeah. know, you play a team that can actually be a threat to you on both sides of the ball. Right. You know, the teams that they did play, they were, you know, kind of like what the AFC South we just mentioned. They're good on one side, but they're lacking on the other. And if you ask me, New Orleans was the first team they played that didn't have that problem. Yeah, and I can only imagine what the outcome of that game would have been with Breeze. Exactly. So, hey, let's go to the next team in the NFC East, the Eagles. Are you buying or shelving this team? I'm going to buy the Eagles. I'm going to buy them, too. I, I really feel like they were my favorite in the NFC East. I'm pretty sure I picked them for the NFC Championship against Atlanta, which is a lot is of a team people I'm picked shelving. them for Super Bowl favorites as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I really like the Eagles this year. They've had a lot of injuries on the offensive side with Deshaun Jackson, Sean Jeffrey. They lost their cornerbacks. Like, they've been battered. But if they can get healthy again and go on a little run here, I think they could put something together. And I guess if we want to, did you say you're buying this team too? Uh, yeah, I said I'm buying Philly. Do you, what about the Jets? They're two and two as well. Or, or I'm sorry, not the Jets, the Giants. Are you buying or shelving them? I'm shelving the Giants, man. I don't know how you can try to convince me that the Giants are worth something. Again, I mean, look at their two wins. Right. They were against teams that you should win. Yeah. You know, you're looking at the Redskins and um, man, my Tampa, brain. Tampa Bay. <laughs> so. Uh, I'm shelving them. I think, you know, they have a pretty middle-of-the-road season. All right, so this one might be a little bit surprising, and actually I have something to mention about this today. But the NFC West, everybody has the Rams as the favorite this year, but the Niners are still undefeated. They had a bye week this week, but 3-0 and Niners. Are you buying or shelving this team with Garoppolo and company? I'm going to shelve the Niners. Um, I think they're very they're – very, uh, blotchy they're very spotty yeah. um and that's just you look at their roster and they're good here but not here they're good here but not here they don't have a solid unit right. all as one you know you look at they have a weapon over here and maybe one here like i mentioned but 
there's really nobody on that team that sparks a thought of success. Right. Um, and then again, even them, you know, you look at who they've played. They haven't played anybody super convincing, you know, but I don't see them making a deeper. I don't either. I'm going to just, I'm going to shelve them. So are you going, I mean, in this division, who you guys winning so far through Rams or Seahawks? Then I'm going to take the Seahawks. I think if you ask me, that's a team. A lot of the fans of the NFL are sleeping on, you know, it's, it's an, it's a, it's not a team you hear about often, but I think it should be. Yeah. You know, I felt the same way about the Rams last week, and then they go out this week and get they're destroyed. Just, they're just home. producing nonstop, you know, both sides of the ball efficiently. So um, are, you, are you buying the Seahawks and I shelving am, the Rams? I'm buying the Seahawks, and I am shelving the Rams. I could, I could agree with you on that. I would really buy both of those teams. I feel like the Rams will put it back together, but I'm going to skip the North for now and go to the South. Are we buying the Saints with an injured breeze? Because, I mean, at this point, you look at that division, Cam Newton's out. Falcons look like complete lost. I don't get it. What's going on with them and the Bucks? I mean, I don't see them making a wild card run here. So Saints buy or sell. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy them, but just because, like I just mentioned a few moments ago, that's a team that has weapons on both sides of the ball. Drew Brees or not? Yeah. Um, you know, you're looking at one of the best receivers in the league, Michael Thomas, one of the best backs in the league, Alvin Kamara. Then you go and look at their defense, one of the best ends in the league, Cameron Jordan, one of the best corners in the league, Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, they have they they have a lot of weapons that you know not a, too many people know about. Um, and I I just think they're a team you can't count out. And I I don't take back what I said at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Um, that they'll make it to the NFC Championship. Good to know. I mean, I, I would agree with that. I still the trust them. I, don't, I mean, I was, I was really high in the Falcons. I can't believe they're doing what they're doing. I think Dan Quinn's on the hot seat now. He might be getting the hell out of town after this year, depending on if they don't put it together next week or the next few weeks. Uh, so let's go to the north. <laughs> Are we buying or selling these Detroit Lions? I'm going to buy them. You know, the people listening to this that know me personally and can reach out to me whenever are going to tell me that I do this every year. You know, I yeah. really believe in my team. Obviously I'm going to, Yeah. but I don't think we have a reason not to at the moment. Yeah. I mean, I agree. If we go and look at just what they've done through these first four games against all odds, when they're told they weren't going to be shit this year by a lot of different people and they face some of the toughest quarterbacks in the league in the first four weeks and they come out to a one and one, I think, this team uh, that tie might hurt us in the long run. And I'm nervous about that because that would be a typical thing to happen is mm-hmm. the end of the season. We're nine, seven and one or nine, or I'm sorry, nine, nine six, five nine. and one, nine, five and one. Yeah. And no, nine, it would, Oh yeah. Going yeah. into week 17. Yeah. No, no, no. Nine, five and one, nine. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. Nine, okay. Six and I'm sorry. Yeah. Nine, six. And yeah, one. You're right. Say. We go nine, six and one. And I could see like the Packers going 10 and six and we miss the wild card because of that. That's what nerve. That, that's nerve wracking to me. But I, as of right now, I'm buying this team. I think they can play anybody. They just proved that this week. And at fully healthy, I really want to see this defense fully healthy with Hand and Daniels and Diggs and Slay and everybody on that defense. And if we can get all of them on there and they can clean up these mistakes, they could really, really be something special, maybe. But they need to clean up the mistakes and get healthy. Yeah. I mean, the things that people are looking past is the Detroit lions are five points away from being a four and O football team. Yeah. Um, 
So I really think it's something that people need to, you know, relax a little bit. You know, yes, most people were pretty happy with the win, you know, the loss this last weekend, but there are still some people, oh, we should have won this There's game. There's quite a few that are still, you know, and that's what you're going to get. But if you ask me, all these injuries and you still have arguably a top three secondary in the league, you know, you just shut down the most elite quarterback currently in the league. Scoring wise, yeah. Scoring, yes. So. I for now I will buy this team just because they've given me the reason to. They've given me a damn good reason to. So let's talk about the current number one team in this division, the Packers. Are we buying or shelving? And, and uh, if you don't mind, I'll jump in real quick. I think I'm shelving this team. I don't like Rogers' relationship with Lafleur, and we've seen it. Like there was a couple weeks ago where there was a little yelling on the sideline, and people were like, "Oh no, it's no big deal." Rogers came out. No, we just get a little animated. But it happened again this week. And you can, I mean, they can ignore it all they want. They clearly don't have a run game still. Their offense really hasn't shown me anything too amazing. I just, I'm not buying this Packers team, and I feel like they've been overrated all offseason long. I don't understand why people had them at number two in the power rankings at the beginning of the season. Some teams still have them at three. And, I mean, you look at Philly that came into their house that's supposed to be the frozen tundra, a tough game to play, with their Deshaun Jackson missing and still missing their secondary to beat the Packers and have that red zone offense that the Packers had. It just, I don't know what's going on there, but that coach quarterback relationship just doesn't seem to be there. I don't care how good their defense is. Yeah. I mean, clearly one of the most important chemistries on a football team is between the quarterback and the the head coach, just because you're looking at, you know, the captain of the team versus the captain of the staff and the organization. Right. And, if you don't have a very, you know, a good bonding relationship and you don't have, you know, you don't agree on things, that's the most important part is you need to agree on things for, for the most part. Obviously yeah. there's going to be times where there's slight disagreements just because you believe one thing's going to go better than this. Yeah. He believes opposite. So I'm going to shelve them as well, just because on top of what you said, the relationship between Lafleur and Rogers, but also, you know, they really don't have much. I mean, they really don't. You know, their defense, a lot of people are claiming, is one of the best in the league right now. And by production, that's technically true. But I just I don't think that they're going to continue this. I think things start to slow down. Reality starts to snap back. And they really just have a very middle-of-the-road season for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not – I agree 100%. But, I mean, that's it for buying shelves, shopping cart. Uh, that's the first week of the se- – or first quarter of the season. So I'm looking forward to the next four. I mean – we got a lot of football to go, but it's sad to say that the first quarter of the NFL season's already over. It flew right by, but yeah, I mean, we'll we can revisit this in the halftime of the season, kind of, and go from there. And I think that'd be kind of cool. Every four weeks or so, we'll go over and talk about what the teams are doing, where we think they are. But yeah, I mean, that's all I got for NFL. You got anything else? Yeah, no, sounds good to me. Um, we're gonna ignore all the Antonio Brown buzz and jump right into college oh, football. <laughs> Um, just a quick little recap um, of a few games this weekend. There really wasn't much for me to say. Yeah. Um, just real quick, I'm just going to say I'm disappointed in my chips. You know, headed over to Kalamazoo and took the L. Pretty big one there as well. But something that I'm a little concerned about. You know, we're going to jump into one of the Big Ten match, one of the five or six Big Ten matchups of the weekend. Yeah. And that's um, Northwestern Wisconsin. So. Yeah. You look at when Michigan played Wisconsin, you know, we got our asses handed to us backwards. Yep. Pretty bad. So then you go and look at the score of this Northwestern-Wisconsin game, and not only 
Did Northwestern hold Wisconsin to less points, but the gap between the points was a lot smaller than the Michigan-Wisconsin game. So if you ask me, there is not many Big Ten teams that Michigan is going to beat this year. No, no. I think we lose to Michigan State. I think we lose to Iowa this coming week. I think we lose to Ohio State. That's pretty obvious. I think we get blown the fuck out by Ohio State, to be honest. Uh, Yeah, pretty bad. Because we already did, you know, in the past, and we're even worse this year. Yeah. So, if you ask me, the only Big Ten team I believe we really have a chance against that's somewhat worth something is probably Northwestern. Yeah. Um, But other than that, I have absolutely no hope for this team. I've stated that multiple weeks in a row We'll see this week. They're going against Iowa. And I don't remember if that's at the big house or not, but either way, Iowa's a stout team, so that shall be interesting to see. I mean, I, I agree with you, though. Michigan ain't shit. And, I mean, I wanted to rant about that a little bit because I saw a lot of fans exaggerating the whole 52 nothing shutout win against Rutgers. Like, congratulations, you just beat a team that doesn't belong in your conference. You should do that. That's what a top-10 team should do. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at a team that belongs, might as well go to the fucking MAC conference or, you know, some stupid, con- you know, the Sun Belt or some shit. Right. You know, this team, the Rutgers, I don't even know why they're in it, if you ask me. They haven't been good once. Yeah, it's all about TV ratings, but I mean. I don't know, man. But I don't know how. Yes, we won. Cool. I'm not. I just ecstatic. I'm not excited. I'm not enthusiastic. Like some, they posted some dumb shit. Like an ignorant fucking Michigan fan would, but and I'm a Michigan fan. <laughs> Anyways, they said a shutout's a shutout. That's fucking lovely. A shutout's a shutout. But guess what? The team that shut you out, well, didn't shut you out last week, but blew you out last week, just just fucking won by a two. I'm sorry, just barely beat a team that should be a lot worse than you in Northwestern. I mean, and you, you look, lost by a lot to that team, right? Like you, you should win fifty-two to nothing, and I don't know why. Like if not more, right? You look around the Big Ten, man. You should be nervous, and you got to play Notre Dame this year, don't you? Does, doesn't Michigan have to play Notre Dame? Yes, they do. So later in the season, right? So I mean, we. <laughs> I'm pre- if if I'm correct, don't quote me on this. I'm pretty sure we played Notre Dame and Ohio State two weeks in a row. Yeah. So I mean, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but if it is, we're fucked. It's going to be a sad ending this season. I mean, I know, you know, for those of you that listen. that, then it must be Michigan State, right? Or is it Penn State? um, I'm pulling pulling it up right now. I'm pulling it up right now. Um, Okay. Well, you bring that up. But I I know I've said this before, and for those of you that are, you know, loyal listeners and listen often, um, it's, I just have no hope. Harbaugh is a lost cause. Yeah. Um, And no, I was was not right. We played Notre Dame October 26th. And then Michigan State, November 16th, and Ohio State, November 30th. So if you ask me, we only we only win three more games this season. So what's that get us to? Five and five. So and I seven? say we lose to Iowa, we beat Illinois, we lose to Penn State, we lose to Notre Dame, we beat Maryland, we lose to Michigan State, we beat Indiana, and we lose to Ohio State. Damn. <laughs> I have I told you I have no faith in this team and I'm not afraid to admit that they're terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I, I agree with you at this point. Like I just I mean I really don't see them turning it around and I I know this is like a shitty way to talk about them after they win too well, but like, I don't care. Like we just said Rutgers doesn't belong in the Big 10. Um 
while we're on the topic of college football, I want to talk about the playoffs a little bit here. It's another, I mean, we're almost halfway through the college football season, but there's two teams I want to talk about that haven't looked as good as what I expected them to look. And there's two other teams that I think could fill those spots. You got Alabama this week. They play Mississippi and they only went 59 to 31. Now it's still a blowout. Don't get me wrong. They won by over three scores, but they won. actually they won by four scores. But they let 31 points against them on an unranked Mississippi team at home. So, and Mississippi always plays Bama tough, but Bama just hasn't. I mean, maybe I haven't watched them enough to know, but I don't think they've made as much noise as they typically would as the number one team in the uh, of the college football. Uh, and then I want to look at the number two team, Clemson. They go into UNC and just barely escape with 21-20 over UNC. They haven't looked great this year, and I'm looking at Clemson like Trevor Lawrence hasn't. We've talked about him in the past. He he's already fallen out of the Heisman picture. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he, Clemson doesn't look that good. Now, the two teams I do want to talk about that have looked really good are Ohio State, which is shitty to say, but it's true. Ohio State, Justin Fields, and Ryan Day's play calling has been almost impeccable, and we'll see once they play a real opponent. And then LSU, man, LSU is sneakily getting up there, and they might give Alabama a run for their money, and they might, <laughs> I mean, they might be Georgia. I'm not sure if they play them, but, I mean, they could win the SSC or SEC this year. So what, do you, gonna, what say gonna, you on that? Do I don't you think argue LSU with that. Ohio State could surpass Clemson and Alabama this year in the Final Four? I don't argue with that. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Clemson right now. I mean, if you ask me, I had high hopes for Lawrence and both him and Etienne. And neither of them are really doing even close to what people projected them to do. I yeah. know Lawrence was top five in the Heisman race. Top three, actually. Right. And I don't even think he's in the top 15 right now. Um, or top 10, maybe. I don't know. But, you know, it's a team that you would expect, you know, to just demolish every opponent. And I understand USC is a good team, but they're still not ranked. Yeah. So Clemson, I think this was a wake-up call. I think you need to start cleaning it up a little bit if you still plan on being a postseason team. Right. And Alabama, I trust it. I trust the system. I trust Urban, Nick Saban. You know, I trust Tua. I I'm trust just, Jerry I'm Judy. Just waiting for their trademark loss they get every year. It seems like. I don't know. I mean, I think they have one more scare this year. You know, one more that's like a little. Eh, I don't know about this team, yeah. but. For what I, you know, for the most part, I think that they're not going to be as great as they've always been in the past. You know, blowing out every single team are they, they play. A beatable team in the playoffs this year. In the playoffs, I think I believe they are a beatable team. Okay, so you think they still make the playoffs? Yes. Do you see LSU possibly making a run for that money, or Georgia even? Um, because we can't get three SEC teams. They won't let that happen. Yeah, I know. It'd be um, too max. Georgia, I'm then. not sure. You know, I really like Fromm and I really like Swift and them, but. If you ask me, LSU is definitely the more scary team there. Yeah. Um, I love a lot of too. people did not expect it. Yeah. Um, so. How about Ohio State? Do you think Big Ten gets some oh, yeah. representation in the oh, yeah. final I four? I think Ohio State is definitely a legit team to be worried about. You know, both sides, both sides of the Michigan ball, State they are dangerous. Yeah. Both sides of the ball, they are very dangerous. So, if you ask me right now, they're the most promising team in the league, in the College football. College football. Ohio State. Uh, Justin Fields is putting on a good argument for Heisman, too, behind Jalen Hurts. Yeah. So, I mean, that'll be interesting to see down the stretch. I just wanted to mention that, though. I, I'm kind of excited for it, though, because I haven't seen. Yeah, there was a lot of question whether Ryan Day was going to succeed or not after uh, Urban Meyer left, but <laughs> clearly <succeeded>. that's. <laughs> and then some. <laughs> you know, obviously you're right? working with most of Urban Meyer's players, but 
Yeah, it's a matter it's just of the plays still a he's matter been able of, to do, exactly. and like Haskins wasn't able to move on his feet. But he, I mean, he was a hell of a thrower. Like he could throw the ball around, but he, he was wasn't mobile, able to, but not like but a threat. But if he made him run, he would be in some trouble. He'd make more mistakes. Justin Fields can run all over you. He doesn't give a fuck. He, yep. he prefers not to, I'm sure, but he can. So I, I'm just saying. I mean, I think is it Georgia? Was it Georgia's mistake to let him walk? You think? Yes and no. I mean, I trust. I like Fromm there. Obviously, he had early success. Yeah. But um, I really don't think there's anything Georgia did wrong. It'd, be, it'd be really cool if Georgia and Ohio State met in the playoffs. That would be, cool. be pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, man. But I, I got another another team that is not, like, crucial. Right. But it's definitely going to be a team that you're going to probably be hearing more about, and that's Arizona State. Yeah. No, that's a, is that Herm Edwards' team? I'm not 100%. I'm not 100% on that. But I know that they're, they're – they're not doing terrible, man. They're, no. I mean, they're better than people really think they are. Yeah. I believe they went 9-3 and three last year, if I remember correctly. So. Mm-hmm. so, you know, they damn near beat Michigan State. They should have. Yeah. And I'm not saying Michigan State's a good team, but if in my opinion, if you look at, you know, who they are, Michigan State's the better team. Right. Um, but Arizona State's giving some teams a run for their money for sure. So, not Calling them a playoff team or anything, but I'm just saying keep. I think Arizona State's like a good team for like a player that was getting recruited to Ohio State but didn't get the call, but they're gonna go to Arizona. I feel like it's just a place where there's no pressure to win the national championship, but to be competitive. Yes, me. They're gonna they're gonna end up in a pretty decent bowl game. Bowl game this year. They're definitely a bowl game team, in my opinion. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I think that's about it for college football. Uh, Let's talk about. Oh, wait, did you have a segment? I believe you had a segment. I did. I had uh, an, another sports therapy therapy session this week. All right, let's, uh, let's hear this therapy. Now, this week, um, I want to really get in touch with our feelings here. Um, very local, you know, very close to the heart, and that's the Detroit Lions. They're my sports therapy this week. And I think all of the conversations we've had about fans being upset about, you know, the wins and the production... I think this week it's something to look more to boost your confidence. You know, where this therapy session today is less about you venting to me and more so me helping you go inside with those feelings. I think there's a lot of hope. You need to be confident here. You know, you need to have a lot of faith. Okay? Because if you ask me, this Detroit Lions team is more than you ever expected to be and they're a lot stronger than you would think. That's about all I got for our therapy session this week. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. I got I you. It. I feel a lot better now about Detroit, my team, and our team. You know, I feel great. That felt good. <laughs> but I think I think we're just about done with football for yeah, now. Let's move on from football. I know you guys. Uh, I know I've had a few people tell me, "Hey, why the fuck are you calling yourselves a sports podcast if we're only talking football?" So shut the fuck up. We're going to talk other sports. I mean, I. I get where they're coming from, but if you ask me, football has been the hottest yeah, topic right. for the last few weeks. Right. But there's been some, we got some, stuff some upcoming now. news. starting this week. We can talk a little hockey, a little baseball. Baseball playoffs, at least. That's about the only time MLB matters, in my opinion. I think everybody would agree with that, besides, like, Clifford. Yeah. 
<laughs> so let's, uh, you want to do MLB first? Or yeah, we'll jump right into MLB. All right, so let's just talk about the playoffs. The playoffs are set um, as of, I think it was two days ago mm-hmm. uh, when the Nationals took it. So the remaining teams we got uh, in the AL, we have the Twins, the Yankees, the Rays, the Athletics, the Astros. On the NL side, we got the Cardinals, the Braves, the Brewers, the Nationals, and the jo- dro- Dodgers. Um, I mean, those are our teams. That's a field. So should be an interesting uh, interesting playoff. Uh, this is the first time since 1942 that there have been a 400-win teams in the playoffs. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And then not to mention the wildcard teams. I'm pretty sure the worst record was I think they had 95 wins or 94 wins. Like that's pretty Something crazy. Like that. I haven't seen – I don't remember the last time I've seen that many – high caliber, high win teams. And not to mention, we might see some sparks with all the home run records that have been broken. I believe it was 11 teams this year broke the home run record that we talked about a couple weeks ago. 11. Right. So when we were talking, what was it? The Dodgers? It was the Minnesota Twins. Twins. Yeah. So um, crazy. I mean, it's going to be a pretty exciting, high, high volume kind of playoff. If you ask Yeah. Me. I mean, if you ask me, Pretty obvious. Um, I don't think many people don't expect this, but my teams that you really should be watching out for are the Astros, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Twins, and the Oakland A's. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the Astros to win it all. I'm just going to say it now. I think, once again, they have a little too much to count them out. Dude, I mean, they're their pitchers alone. They have two Cy Young finalists on their team and Verlander and uh, Garrett Cole. Uh, Garrett Cole. Yep. Yeah. And they both have over 300 strikeouts uh, this year in the third best pitcher. Just almost threw a no hitter a couple weeks ago or a week ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. Grinky or something. I think his name is. Yeah. But to have that hell of a, that, that good of a pitching staff is insane. Yeah. Well, looking at the other side of things, you know, you were talking about the best teams here. We're going to get in, going to talk a worse team here. Um, Detroit old Detroit Tigers. Tigers. Yeah. With their loss this last week, they have officially clinched the number one overall pick and tied the worst home game record in league history and the second worst team record in league history as well. Oh, okay. Okay. You get it. Yeah. So there was the first time that, that, or I'm sorry, they tied the home loss record with 59 losses at home with the 1939 St. Louis Browns. And they also broke another record. Uh, most losses against one opponent throughout the season, 18 losses at Cleveland Indians, who didn't even make Jeez. the playoffs, just barely made it at 93 wins, or just barely missed it with 93 wins. Um, that was later tied by Seattle. But, I mean, to secure the first overall pick, rebuilds are tough in baseball, man. I mean, we knew this was happening. We knew it was kind of getting well, rebuild. Dude, they've been trying to rebuild for like four years. Well, not... Bumgarner's only been here for, what, two years now? Maybe three? Yeah, but still, when they had Osmus, they I would consider that yeah. rebuild as well because your team wasn't good then, so what excuse do you have to say that you were happy with where you were? Yeah, but look at the Astros or the Cubs. Like The Cubs won a few years ago in the, the championship, and the Astros, I mean, what the, what the Tigers really need to do, and hopefully they're doing this rebuild correctly, is fix their farm system. They haven't really been able to create their own like homegrown type talents like the Astros have and other teams have in the past. The Cubs, that's what they did. That's how they won their championship. They they built their team from scratch and then added the pieces to make them over the top and win it that year. And the Astros did it last year, too, by getting Verlander a couple years ago and just winning it. No, I'm sorry. They didn't win last year. They won two years ago. Cardinals won last year. Um, I mean, hopefully they're doing it right. And by securing a first-round pick or a first-overall pick is probably the way to go. Um, yeah, hopefully we don't we'll go see. and get a guy that's going to stay in the minors for a few years. That's the one thing I hate about baseball and NHL. I feel like in kind of NBA, not really. 
you usually see rookies make an impact in the NBA, but I feel like the only major sports league that rookies make an impact is the NFL, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, because, I mean, you go and look at the, the rookie Pistons just drafted. He's still in the... Uh, D-League or something? G-League? Some, G-League, something like that. He's not playing yet, but he's on the roster. But, right. I mean, I, I hate that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this kid may be promising, but you're looking at a whole nother league. The minor leagues, I'm not, you know, I'm not snubbing them. Right. Still very, very good athletes, but they're not in the professionals for a reason. Yeah, they could draft a kid out of high school, and he couldn't be here for he, – we could not see him for four or that's five years. That's what I'm saying. I don't like that you can draft someone that's not going to be on the roster for the next season because clearly yeah. looking at this Detroit Tigers team is everything they need and more. Yeah. I mean, even your best player, Cabrera, is not producing the numbers that he's Well, he's getting pretty produced. old, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's still, he, what is he, 36? Something like that. He's, and, but, I, I mean, he's, he still has an over 300, uh, you know, batting average. Yeah. Um, but his numbers, I read a longer article. I don't remember the exact numbers and everything. But they're just, they're slowly going down as they go. And I understand he's old, but why did you just pay him $140 million if he's getting older and not producing? Detroit. Yeah, I mean... You, you can't, it, like I said, it's going to be tough. It, we might not see this team be competitive for a few years. I mean, it might take us a while here in baseball. I mean, like I said, the baseball, the only thing that matters to me in baseball is playoffs. And even those aren't like over the top, I must see TV every time. There's some matchups where I'm like, I got to watch this. But I mean, overall, I'm not too excited for the Tigers future. But we can get to that a little bit more on the state of Detroit sports address. Uh, and then real quickly in other baseball news, Joe Madden is leaving the Cubs after five seasons, winning a championship there. Uh, this is the first time in his five-year career with the Cubs that he missed the playoffs, so that might have something to feed into it. And a team that's kind of being brought up now is the Los Angeles Angels, who recently, today, just fired Brad Osmus, former general man- or former manager for the Tigers, after one year got fired. So maybe we could see Madden go there. Um, another name that's popping up is Philly. And uh, I think the New York Mets is another one. So uh, it's interesting to see where Joe Madden goes. I mean, he's he's a really good manager, and I think wherever he goes next, he could potentially see that team going to the playoffs and making a run for a championship in the next couple of years. Yeah, for sure. I mean, clearly he knows how to manage a team. You know, four or five years he was there, they were in the playoffs, and right. one of them they won it. So For the first time in, what, 104 years or something like that? 108, I think it was. Yeah, something ridiculous. But... So, I mean, he's definitely a good name and definitely something that some other teams should be looking out for, um, like the ones you mentioned. But let's jump over to the other one of the other professional leagues here, the NHL. Um, Just a few things to look out for. Uh, Just recently, Tampa was uh, projected for the second season in a row as the best team in the league. And for me, the big question there is, especially after Iserman leaving and coming to Detroit, do they choke again in the playoffs like they did against, I believe it was Carolina? I'm not 100% on that. Uh, was it the Canes? I know they went on a little run last yeah, year. Yeah, I know. Um, but I don't know. I don't. I think it was, actually, yeah, because it was a seven seed or something or yep. an eight seed that beat the something like that. So that's just really my really big question with this team is, yes, they got the talent and they got the skill and they got the coaching, but are they really as legit as people say they are? Because this has happened last year, and obviously, like I just mentioned, they choked it. Yeah, I sure hope for Tampa fans it is. I mean, and they lost Eiserman, so thank God for that. I mean, <laughs> but uh, it just, you would sure hope it is. I, I think they finished the season last year, like, pre, like 
by far the favorite going at like they had the best record in the league. Yeah, they were the number one team in the NHL going into the playoffs with, by lose in the first round or something. So I mean, that's you sure hope they don't choke it away. But uh, I mean, we'll see. I just it's definitely uh, not out of question. Yeah, I I mean. We'll see. <laughs> Sir, oh, I like Tampa, but now yeah. that Eisenman's gone, I don't really care for Tampa because now we got him. Yeah. So, and another team that really caught my attention. Um, they're not like you know somebody I'm very high hopes for, but it's just something that you know, based on a lot of talk last year for the New York Rangers, you know, they were looked at as probably one of the worst teams in the league. Um, and if you ask me, they made a couple moves this off season that I believe is going to push them towards success as. If you ask me, their rebuild is starting to come to an end because um, they not only did they boost their rank from last year from 24 up to 19. So they went up five ranks, um, which is nothing to be hyped about. You know, 19 is still pretty low, but they're clearly making their way up. They're doing something right. And if you ask me, their biggest acquisitions this offseason were um, Artemi Panarin from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, um, He played, I think, 70 some odd games and had like 40. 42 goals, if I'm correct. I'm not 100% on that, but I might. I think I'm right there. Yeah. Um, I think he was a big signing for them. If you ask me, they needed a goal, you know, an elite point scorer. If you ask me, he had a lot of assists as well. And then they went and traded for uh, Jacob Truba from Winnipeg, who hasn't been quite the goal scorer really at all. I know he only... He's got ceiling. His He's only... Got a ceiling uh, potential. His thing. only two double-digit scoring season was his rookie year for the with the Blackhawks. Yeah. And that was in the 13-14 season because he got drafted in 12. But um, I don't know. I just think they're a team that starting to exit the rebuild process and starting to, you know, possibly become a team that starts to win. I just think people should look out for them and not home as much as they usually do. That should be interesting to see. I mean, I'm excited. I, I, we'll see. I'm excited for hockey again. Um, that's another one I don't like. It's just it, any league with a long season like that, I don't tend to pay atten- as much attention as I would mm-hmm. football. But again, football is my favorite sport. And on top so. of that, you know, you look at baseball and hockey are probably the worst two teams in Detroit right now. Yeah, I Personal mean, I can opinion. agree with that. I think we'll get to that in the state of Detroit sports. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so we talked about the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning a little bit. So they're projected to be one of the top teams. Let's look at our team that's projected to be one of the worst. Second to last, right above the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, so how do you think? Do you think that's a fair evaluation of this team? Like, going into the you season, we lost Cronwall, we got a new GM. Like, things are a little bit exciting for Red Wings. Yeah, if you ask me, I mean, I'm not hyped up. I'm not excited for the yeah. season. I mean, I am. And I plan on going to a handful of games, but... I think we're we're a little farther behind the Rangers there, and we're still in our rebuild. Yeah, um, we have a lot of young guys, a lot of young guys. Most of our team thing, is pretty – Yes, it's good, which means these guys are most likely going to stay with the team for a while unless we happen to trade them here and there. But One thing I'm interested in is a potential trade of Jimmy Howard this year. I think we might see that happen. I know okay. there was talks last year, but I could see like a team – if he starts and plays well at the beginning of the season, I could see a contender saying, hey, Detroit, let me – what do you want for him? I could see it. Yeah, I mean, I would love to get him out of here just to stop hearing my dad bitch about how bad Jimmy Howard is. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then he can go on and win a championship for the San Jose Sharks or something. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, shout out Peter Morazic. Um, So, I don't know. I mean, obviously Larkin's a young talent. He's probably arguably our best player right now. And yeah. 
I mean, um, I, I think Mantha's got some potential. Mantha's, for I like Mantha a lot. I like Anthony I, CU a lot. Mantha's put up pretty similar numbers to Larkin since he's been yeah. in the league. They played a lot together. Actually, I wanted to get a Mantha jersey, but yeah, my dad thinks he's going to get traded soon. So I'm curious to see. Uh, Cronwell was an assistant captain, right? Or was he a captain? He was an assistant captain. Because they didn't have a captain last year. They had rotating so. captains. Yeah. I remember that because Zetterberg retired and all yep. that. Um, I'm curious to see like Ablicator if he steps up and gets that assistant captain. Yeah, because I know he slowed down a little bit for a little yeah. while. Um, the last season he didn't have make a lot of noise there. Um, I'm hoping he steps up as well because I know back when Datsuk and them were still on the team, he wasn't he wasn't bad. You know, no, he was he was know. up there producing. They, they had pretty good chemistry together with those other guys. Yeah. Um, but I, I would love to see him pick it back up a little bit. You know, because I I like him. I, you know, he's not a bad player. I just hope to see him. Clean it up a little bit. Yeah. I'm just, I mean, overall, we'll get back to it. I'll, just, I'll, I'll wait until the state of Detroit sports. But I think the Red Wings, I mean, I, as far as a fail, fair evaluation compared to other teams, I would say, I, I wouldn't say the second worst team in the league, but I, I, they are kind of in the lower quartile of for sure. all teams. So we'll see with that. Um, but that's really all I got for NHL right now. Yeah, that's about just it. quick and brief before the season starts, just so you guys can get off our backs about not talking about other stuff. Mm-hmm. But we get some NBA stuff real quick, too. Uh, and I mean, it doesn't start for another, I think it's 23 days or something like something that. Like that yeah. Um, so we got some time, but let, let's talk a uh, way too early championship predictions or playoff predictions. Rather. I know you have some teams you're looking out for, uh, for the East and the West. Yeah. So if you ask me, um, the teams in the East that probably I say scare me the most and are looking the most. You know, possible successful teams are the 76ers and the Bucks. I see them in the semifinals together. Um, I just don't see much talent elsewhere. You know, you look at the Raptors, who were, I believe, second in the East last year behind the Bucks. You know, they lost two of their starters in Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Um, I really don't see any production there that I'm really worried about. And then you look at the other teams who finished, you know, you got the magic who barely finished over a 500 record um, Pacers who were just above it as well. And I don't know. I mean, if you ask me, those are really the only two teams I'm concerned about. I do like the nets, but with Kevin Durant being injured and not playing for quite some time, I think that kind of shortens their hopes a little bit. I mean, they did go and get Kyrie and Deandre Jordan as well, but yeah. I think KD is just the cherry on the cake, you know, icing on the cake. If you ask me, that'll really top that off. So hopefully he comes back early enough for them to have early success. But, um, and then you look at the West, um, before you go to the West, I want to just say real quick, yeah. uh, I agree with you with the 76ers, but I, I have, uh, uh, the nets edging out the bucks instead of that. So you can go to the West. Now. Okay. I just want to give you my picks. That's fair. Um, look at the Western Conference. I'm going to be slightly cliche here, and I'm going to say your last two teams are going to be uh, going to be Lakers and Rockets. Lakers um, and Rockets? I think... The only thing that concerns me with that is, are there enough balls on the court for the Rockets this year for Harden and uh, Westbrook? Like yeah, that, I mean, if you ask me, just even, a claim, even a claim that I made earlier in there, you're looking at two guys that had, you know, just... Just under eighty percent of offensive and defense offensive production for the team that they played for. Obviously, OKC with Westbrook and the yeah. Rockets with Harden. Um, if you ask me, I originally made the claim that it's not going to work out because they both require being the number one guy in their city but and on their team. But at the, at the end of the day, I think that they're going to surprise a lot of people, have a pretty natural chemistry, and light the court up. Okay. 
I could, I mean, I could agree with you mm-hmm. on that. Uh, instead of the Rockets, I, I mean, I agree with you on the Lakers. I think LeBron finally makes it to a championship with him. Uh, I, as a Laker, I'm a little nervous to write off the Warriors right now, but I'm not going to pick them for the finals in the e- or I'm sorry, the Western Conference Finals. I'm going to pick the Blazers. I think Damian Lillard's going to come back and have a hell of a year. Um, and who uh, McCollum, CJ McCollum, uh, as well. and I then think, they just went and got Hassan Whiteside in free agency yeah, as well. So I'm feeling pretty good about the Blazers. I think they were just there last year, and I, I think that's some. I mean, they finished one game behind the Nuggets, who was first in the Northwest. Yeah, so. so that should be very interesting to see. I'm curious. I mean, I think that's it. Blazers, Lakers. Do you have any sleeper teams? Like, I mean, not even necessarily sleeper teams, but where do you think New Orleans fares this year with? Uh, Ball and Zion and all those guys, the youngsters down there. Do you think they make a run for the playoffs or do you think they just miss them this year? I think they're going to miss it. And let me tell you why. Okay. So you look at their roster and they're very young. Yeah. You know, you look at, they had an all-star last year and I know that most of the season he had, there was a lot of talks about, I didn't, you know, basically tried to force his way out of New Orleans in Anthony Davis. And they still finished um, with almost an, just barely above a 400 record. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I believe in Zion's dominance, but I don't believe in Lonzo, yeah. you know, and I don't believe in Josh Hart. I don't see him being much of an impact there. Right. Um, I like Drew Holiday, the point guard, a little bit, but I just don't see they're enough too young power. To make an impact. Yeah, I think, they're, I think they're the Detroit Red Wings of the NBA. They just okay. got a lot of youngins, and they don't really have enough yet. I think it's a team to keep your eyes open for in the next few seasons, but right now, not too concerned about them. Okay. Right, if you ask me, my sleeper team is the Sacramento Kings. You think so? I, I could mm-hmm. agree with you on that. I mean, the Sacramento Kings, they had a pretty good – they just missed the playoffs last year, right? Uh, oh, not yeah. just missed. They were out nine games, but 39 yeah. and 43. I mean, just a little bit under uh, 500, but – And so, I mean, let me tell you why. Was that? Okay, let me give you a little bit of reason. They did lose Willie Cauley Stein to the uh, Warriors. Yeah. But they still got Marvin Bagley, and I believe he can be a very elite scorer. Um, and if you, in, are, they're arguably the fastest team in NBA history. If you fastest? look at the speed that their players have all around the court. Yeah. You know, De'Aaron Fox, good. The only person I can see catching him on a chase down is maybe Russell Westbrook. Huh. Um, so De'Aaron Fox is a very elite point guard. If you ask me, I think he has the capability to be a top one in the league. And a lot of, a lot of people, a name that a lot of people forget about is Buddy Heald. You know, the guy out of originally out of New Orleans, uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah. He's a pretty elite shooter. And, you know, I think he's a good guard and they, like I mentioned, they still got Bagley and I don't know. I just yeah. think they're going to come out of nowhere. Kind of how the Nuggets like did a, this last so year. So what do you think their ceiling is? Like a five, six seed, seven, eight seed? Do you um, think they go higher than that? Where, I'll give them a six. Six seed? Okay, that's fair. You know, six to eight. I think they'll have a very similar t- season to the Nuggets did last season, just kind of coming out of nowhere, having a pretty pretty you. dominant season. That's fair. That's fair. I think, I mean, Dallas is another team I'd look out for over there in the West. But uh, anyways, uh, that's the, you got anything else for the NBA? Yeah, I'm going to throw in a quick sleeper team on the, the East the side East. of things as well. Okay. And if you ask me. Are you sleeping on the Celtics, by the way? I'm just curious. Do you think they're going to be pretty good or? I'm sleeping on the Celtics. I don't see much there. Okay. Um, I know that they're not doing terrible now that Kyrie's gone. You know, they have, they're still not bad. Oh, but what's that dude from Charlotte they got? Campbell Walker. Yeah. But I, if I you think, just, if you ask me, they're going to do well. No problem. I think that they break 50 wins this year. Yeah. But I, th- I still think they're, you know, six or seven, maybe make the playoffs. I got you. I'm not 100% on them. But if, if you ask me, the team to look out for over in uh, the East is the, um, 
Are you going to say Miami Heat or something? The Washington Wizards. Oh, okay. Really? The Wizards. That was that, that actually surprised me. Yeah, I mean, I because heard name at all. John Wall was out all season last year. Yeah. And they obviously they had a pretty negative record, 32 and 50. But I think the chemistry between John Wall and Beal is pretty elite. You know, that's one of the best duos in the league, if you ask me, yeah. next to Lillard and CJ and yeah. Russ, you know, Westbrook and Harden. And there's a few more. I'm not going to go into too much detail. Yeah, there's there. too many duos now. Um, it used but, to be the big three. Now it's just and the, duos. they made an offseason acquisition. I can't remember who it was. I'm going to look it up real quick, but I don't know, man. I just think they're a team you can't really count out because yeah. if you ask me, they got the talent and I just, I see them having some success that people don't really expect. Yeah. I really haven't heard that team. So I find that really interesting that you bring them up. I mean, like you just said, the last year they finished way below 500, um, to I mean I don't know another sleeper team I would mention is Magic who came in with a seven seed last year but uh, yeah it looks like you found who out yeah um it was they got they sent Otto Porter to Chicago okay. and got Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis back I gotcha who, you know they're not huge names but if you ask me those obviously if you look at the way I think Jabari is a pretty decent guy to have in your starting lineup and Bobby is a pretty dominant bench player okay so they're adding depth and yeah making them a little bit more I mean really if you look at it like last year Golden State learned that a bench is important and that's what they focus on this offseason and they're starting to try to build that bench but I mean that is definitely a good thing for that team and I could see that maybe the Wizards making some noise um but yeah that's pretty that's pretty much it for sleepers and picks and all that. We can revisit that once the actual season starts. We might have some stuff planned for that. I'm sure uh, I feel like chirp alert will be more common in the NBA than the NFL because they tend yeah. to talk a lot of shit on Twitter and all that. Yeah, we'll see. So I look forward to that. But um, before we go on to the state of Detroit sports address, we have to give you guys our week five picks for the NFL before uh, before we wrap this thing up. So uh, we're going to go who you got, Brad. Week five, we got... The L.A. Rams on Thursday night football going to Seattle. We got that one. I'm taking Seattle. Like I mentioned earlier, they're a team a lot of people are sleeping on. I think people are going to keep sleeping, and Seattle's going to keep winning. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I want to say L.A. is going to bounce back in this game, but there's not much about back, bounce back on. They put 40 points up. I'm going to take Seattle at home, Legion of Boom, or Legion of whatever the fuck they call themselves now. Legion of Boom 2.0 yeah, is what so, they call themselves. Is that what they're calling themselves? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. There's like fan signs. I gotcha, I gotcha. So uh, we got the next game, New York Jets, who is missing uh, uh, Sam Darnold still for an enlarged spleen now. Uh, he just went to the doctor. That was a new update today from Adam Gase going to Philadelphia. First 1 p.m. game. Who you got in that one? I'm taking Philly. Um, taking Philly. I don't really well. think there's much reason to do this. Yeah, yeah. There. I mean, there's nothing much to do. Uh, let's say Jaguar. We got to battle the Cats, big Cats, Jaguars, and Panthers. Are we going to see some Minshew magic? Or are we going to see Kyle Allen stuff? I think up? we'll see some Minshew magic, but if you ask me, the Panthers are just going to continue doing what they're doing. You think, think so? I think they. I think the Panthers take it. I think there's an interesting matchup between. I mean, assuming Allen plays, I think he is. I, I'm pretty sure Cam Newton might already been ruled out again, but. Between the quarterbacks and then the running back battle, Fournette coming off a big game, and I mean Christian McCaffrey having a big season so far, that should be interesting to see. I'll take the Panthers as well. Uh, let's go Vikings at Giants. Do we see Cousins bounce back and they get this passing game going, or do we see Daniel Jones make a big impact? Cousins, no, but Delvin Cook, yes. Delvin I Cook. think that 
I'll, I'm taking the Vikings in that one, but I think it, it's going to be a little closer than people think it is. Yeah, I, I agree with you that. I think it might be a low-scoring game. I'm going to take the Vikings. Let's move on to the Atlanta Falcons at the Houston Texans. I'm going to take the Texans. Atlanta, I'm just, you know, I was high on them, but I'm canceling them. Done. Done. Dunzo. I hear you. I'm, I'm going to take Atlanta there. I mean, I think you're both. You're looking at both teams who are very up and down so far this season. Yeah. But I think Atlanta, you know, not greatly, but I think they recover a little bit, clean it up a little bit, figure whatever. If the defense whatever the hell's going on. That offense line, that's a good matchup. Defense, and I mean, we'll see. But I'm going to stick with my uh, Houston Texans there. Let's move on to an NFC South matchup with the high-scoring Tampa Bay Buccaneers and James Winston and all those fellas with Bruce Arians going to Saints with Teddy Bridgewater at the helm. Who you got there? I'm going to take New Orleans. I think Tampa Bay just kind of had one of them weeks. You know so you what I mean? think Teddy Bridgewater goes 3-0? He does. Three starts, huh? You know, I, that's tough, man. I really, I'm going to, I think the Buccaneers might validate themselves a little bit this week. I just, I mean, I don't know. The, the Teddy Bridgewater hasn't shown enough consistency for me to believe in him completely yet. So I'll take the Bucks there. Let's go to the Buffalo Bills, who are likely going to be missing Josh Allen, to the Tennessee Titans with Mariota. Who do you got? Um, you're looking at a pretty damn good defensive battle here. Yeah. But I'm going to take the Titans just because of Josh Allen being out. Um, I think it hurts Bills' offense a little more than people think it does. So I'm going to take the Titans in that yeah, I'm going to take the Titans at home as well. We got the Arizona Cardinals looking for their first win, and I believe it's going to be another winless Bengals team. If I last checked, they're losing. Cardinals at Bengals, who you got? Cardinals at Bengals. I am going to take the Cardinals. I think that Kyler Murray has a pretty good game. You think so? Yeah. I could see that. Cincinnati's defense hasn't been too incredibly good. Um I'll they take. Just, they just. I got a score update. They actually lost twenty-seven to three. Twenty-seven to three. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna take the Arizona Cardinals there too. I'm sorry. You know what? No. No. Yeah, I'll stick with the Cardinals. Let's move on to a shitty game of the week. The New England Patriots going to the Washington Redskins. Um, taking the Patriots. Patriots. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, I'm gonna go Patriots too. We got the Baltimore Ravens going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, these games are usually really good, but with no Ben Roethlisberger, I'm curious to see how physical it actually gets up there. I'm taking the Ravens by a long shot. I'm taking the Ravens as well. I don't believe in Mason Rudolph. I'm sorry. We got the Chicago Bears going to the Oakland Raiders. Who do you have? Hmm, I don't like to say it, but I'm taking Da Bears. The Bears? I got Da Bears as well. Uh, we got the Denver Broncos going to the L.A. Chargers. Do the Broncos find their first win? The first 4 o'clock game, I'm going to go with no. I think Chargers take it. I think the Bradley Chubb injury hurts them a little bit on defense. A and lot if of you them, ask yeah. me, Melvin Gordon and Eckler are going to together shred Broncos defense. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think uh, the Broncos, you know, through up until this week, they didn't have any sacks. No, I think there's no sacks or no interceptions. They finally got it together, but then they lose chop, and they had five sacks this last week. I'm taking the Chargers there. Um, we got an NFC matchup. This should be a good matchup. A later game, 425, just like the other one. We got the Green Bay Packers going to the Dallas Cowboys. So the Dallas Cowboys, wait, actually both these teams need to bounce back, and these are two NFC favorites to a lot of people. Who do you got here? If you ask me, the 
the Cowboys are going to bounce back just because uh, I think Devontae Adams being injured takes a hit to Green Bay's offense. Definitely. Yeah, I'm going to take the Cowboys there as well at home. Uh, I think their offense will look a lot better, and we might see whether or not this Green Bay defense is legit or not. I mean, they got a little uh, ripped apart last week. We'll see uh, how they can fare against this number three ranked offense. Let's go to the Sunday night game, the Indianapolis Colts at the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead under the Sunday night lights. Who do you got there? I'm going to take the Chiefs. Um, I know how hard it is to win an Arrowhead. You know, yeah. I know that they're one of the loudest stadiums in the league right now. Um, I think I think Pat Mahomes has a cleanup week throws a couple of touchdowns. Yeah, I just don't see Brissett being able to keep up with that offense, and there's no way he's going to go two weeks in a row without throwing a single touchdown, so I'm going to go Chiefs as well. And then this one's a little bit interesting. This kind of this is kind of a prove-it game for both of these teams. We have the Cleveland Browns on Monday night going to the San Francisco 49ers. Who do you have in that one? I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns. Um, I think that they have a little bit of a continuation from last week. They don't blow them out necessarily. But I think that they'll they'll take the dub by at least two scores. So you get the Browns there? I do too. I think uh, I think we get to see. Hopefully, last time they went on Monday Night Football, I believe it was Baker Mayfield's first. Uh, it was the first time he got to take over, and he won pretty big against the Jets, if I remember that correctly, last year. So yeah, that's it for the picks this week. One thing I do want to mention is how bad the NFL scheduled their games. Ten of their twelve Sunday games are all at one o'clock. Yeah. That's going to be a tough one to watch. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't get that. Like, what, who, usually there's four or four o'clock games at least. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know what the deal is with the scheduling. But anyways, that was the week six preview. The Lions are in a bye, and you notice the Miami Dolphins aren't in there too. They probably need a day off from getting their asses kicked. So uh, looking forward to week six. A lot of good football to be played. Let's move on to our quick little thing here. I just want to address the state of Detroit sports. Um, we obviously saw the Tigers season just end. We got the Red Wings and Pistons seasons just coming up. We've kind of briefly touched on them earlier. And the Lions season's quarter way through. Um, there is one common theme with all four of these teams before all their seasons this year, and that's been their projections. A lot of people nationally had these teams poorly ranked, one of the worst in all their leagues. Um, going down the list, you have the Pistons are projected between 35 and 38 wins, depending on where you look, missing the playoffs. you got the Red Wings projected to be the second worst team in the league. Some say they're the 27th worst, but out of 31 teams, it's still not that good. Bottom five team. Tigers are clearly the worst team in baseball this year. Uh, and then the Lions were projected anywhere between four and six wins going into this season. So my question for you, out of those four franchises, which one do you see making the most out of their uh, shortcomings, I guess you could say, or their criticism? Who Who's going to be the one that surprises most people? Outside, I mean, the Lions, it's kind of tough to say. Not them right now, but... Who's the one that sees the most success in the next few years, in your opinion? Are we talking like Reese, like like in the very near future, or are we talking like I'm overall? From this point over the next five years, which team do you see more likely to be in contention for their league's championship, or it, it just be a contender instead of one of the bottom five teams? I'm gonna say the Lions, just because it's not necessarily because of the success they're having right now. It's more so looking at the down, you know, the downfall of the other teams. You know, you look at the Pistons. I don't. I don't think we keep Drummond after this season. I think he. You think he, he makes it through the whole season, or you think he? No, I think we'll have him through the season. He's a but free his, agent his, his free year, agent. Right? He's a free agent after this coming season. So I think some other team gives him an offer he can't deny, and he, you know, leaves Detroit. 
Um, I don't see us going out and signing some big name, to be honest with you. So I don't look forward. I'm not looking forward to the Pistons there. Uh, the Red Wings, like I mentioned earlier, they're young. They're in rebuild mode. I really don't see a lot of success there. There may be a little as it comes and goes. but And then the Tigers, I mean, they're at they're full just the fullest bottom, the bottomest bottom of a tank yeah. right now. So if you ask me, the Lions are the only team that's somewhat looking up right now. Um, I don't think anybody really sticks out, but if when you break down the other three teams in Detroit, the Lions are in the best situation. And who would have thought the Detroit Lions are this this city's glimmer of hope going through all these years? Yeah, um, the only team in Detroit who hasn't won a championship. Right, the only one, yeah. Uh, I just want to touch on the Pistons real quick, what you said about Drummond and stuff. I think this team's on the precipice of a rebuild. I think this year, if they don't do what they want to do, I mean, they're leaning a little too heavy on, in my opinion, on Blake Griffin, Reggie Jackson, and Andre Drummond. I just don't think those three. And then you get Derrick Rose. Like, you got a bunch of old guys. I think you need yeah, to get I mean, young. We were in like the 2012 season, maybe. Okay. Right. Probably yeah, get we a have a lot of playmakers yeah. in 2012. We got Joe Johnson that we just signed recently. <laughs> yeah. Derrick Rose, obviously. Right. I just, I, I don't see that. I, I really think it might be good for them to kind of move on from everybody they got right now and focus on the future and maybe do a little tanking here and there. Who knows? Um, out of those four teams, I'm going to be completely honest with you. The Lions are in a good spot. But judging by history, I think the Red Wings are the most likely to bounce back in the next few years just because they're such a good, well-run franchise, in my opinion. In, my, in all sports, I really look up to the Red Wings as far as how they've ran their program and how their ownership seems to care about winning. Um they just seem the most historically good team in the city. Um, so I look the most forward to them. Um, and the, like we talked about a little bit earlier, they're all young. So in the next few years, if some of those guys do develop and we add some pieces here and there, and Iserman's really as good as we hope he is, I think the Red Wings have the best shot and the Lions are a close second behind them. And then from there, I would have to say the Tigers, even though they're at the very bottom, and then the Pistons, I just think they've been stuck in this whole, like, upside down situation where they're kind of just floating with no real desire to win or lose. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hear you there. I don't really have too much disagreement. I can see what you mean with the Red Wings situation. Um, just cause they've been pretty consistent and you know, I'd say the last one or two decades in their history. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've been pretty good, damn good team. I, I think the so. Pistons are where the Red Wings were when they ended their 25 years, year streak and the, the Tigers are, I mean, they don't all match up nicely, but I think the Pistons and Pistons, or Pistons and Wings do as far as where they are in their timelines. Okay. Um, so overall, just one final question regarding Detroit sports. With all these national pundits, when do you think the city gets some respect it deserves for the sports they have? I mean, the Pistons aren't necessarily the worst team in NBA history, like the Lions may be. Um, the Lions have proven over the last few years that they're kind of there. They're hanging in there. They're not like in- incredibly good, but they're a slightly above average team for the most part here and there. Tigers have been shitty the last couple of years, but they've also made some championship runs and have been good teams over the years. And the Red Wings, I mean, when do you see this city getting some some love from the national media? As soon as you get a team who's consistently in the late playoffs and is considered a threat at most times. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't want to say that the Lions are the first team to do that. In that case, I would probably say the Red Wings. But if we're talking like a five-year span, I'm taking the Lions. But yeah, I mean, I think all it really takes is a team that's consistently winning, and I don't think we have any of that right now. Okay. Yeah, I can. I can tend to agree with you. I just wanted to mention it. I mean, I was reading and thinking about a lot of stuff. Uh, 
over the last couple of days and I just kept seeing negative things about Detroit from other people and just kind of wanted to get your idea or your opinion on it sort of um we might be able to make it more fun later on where we have a better idea of what we're trying to address but I mean overall the the national outlook of Detroit and Detroit sports as a whole is pretty negative so I mean we'll see moving forward I think uh I mean hopefully Detroit stays the underdog and people keep looking past them so we can sock them in the mouth later on but uh, that's that's really all I got this week. You got anything you want to add, Brad? Yeah, no, I mean, hopefully, man. All, all Detroit fans have been doing for years and years and years is just hoping. But that just about wraps up Episode 6 for us, guys. Just make sure you're hitting us on social media, you know, spreading the podcast to all your friends, family, and have them do the same thing. But that's about it. Alex, I want to go ahead and wrap we'll it up. See you guys next Wednesday. Keep uh, sharing, keep posting. We uh, we appreciate all you guys, and we hope to see the channel keep or I'm sorry, the channel the podcast continue to grow. Uh, but that's it. We'll see you guys next week, and uh, have a good one. Peace out. Fuck it up, fuck it up, fuck it up, fuck it up. Got the party jumping up, baby girl. I'm just trying to make it happen. You a freak, so let's get into that action. New whip, fucking new bitch. Stacking my chips, baby, look at your lips. Oh, you like fashion, baby girl? You got that passion, got that baby girl. You strapping, you got all that ass you packing. I'm like, damn, fuck you, then. You can move on, girl, slap my shit. I got a gun and I make sure I get moving that way. Then we moving it quick. Niggas be capped, they do not do shit. I'm in the party, you know that we lit. So I'm like, damn, little bitch, soon as you slap. We can go And when I pull her To that function That you know we don't go I be like Damn little mama Do you want it like that She be like Yeah And then I tell her Bend it over like that And I'ma pass it To my niggas And you know how we at yeah. close